Hello, and welcome to Future People Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Walker, and I'm so excited to share this new show with you. Future People Podcast will feature conversations with community leaders and creatives really making a difference in their industries. I'm speaking with people who think outside the box and are imagining a bright future for themselves and the people around them. A bit about me, I'm a journalist, I work with CBC News and CBC Radio, and through this work, I've been able to share stories from racialized communities in Toronto and the GTA. I've worked on politics, news from the front lines through the pandemic, and now I'm focusing on my own storytelling. I can't wait to share these holistic conversations with you for season one. We have some amazing guests lined up, so stay tuned for the next episode of Future People Podcast. My guest for today's episode is Ebony Morgan. Ebony is a conscious creator, author, and naturalista who's inspiring Black women and women of color to intentionally love themselves through wellness, beauty, and living a full life. Ebony is the author of A Year of Black Girl Magic, a book of daily reflections and practices to celebrate Black women. Here's my conversation with Ebony Morgan. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I've been watching you on social media and really watching how you've been able to grow the following and really a community online. I was even more excited when I saw that you were dropping your book, A Year of Black Girl Magic. So tell me what inspired you to write that book. Well, first of all, thank you for that intro. <laughs> you are so sweet. I've been following you for a while too. And just the energy has always been immaculate. And I'm so excited to be thank here with you. Today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and the opportunity to write A Year of Black Girl Magic actually, funny enough, came to me. So mm. I was, yes, I began blogging when I was really young. I was 13 when I started Ebony Curls. And it started off as a hair care blog, a natural hair care blog. And in that, I was constantly writing about, you know, my experiences just as a young Black woman, just navigating my natural hair journey. And it sort of expanded into a lot more as I grew. And a lot of the thoughts and things that I was writing about had everything to do with being a Black woman and learning to care for myself and learning to love myself through, you know, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle, which is now what my my online brand has expanded to. So the publishers, which is Rock Ridge Press, they actually reached out to me and said, we're working on this project and we would love for you to potentially author it. And I had to submit a writing sample. And it was through them finding my blog and looking at what I was writing just organically without having somebody say, this is what we want you to write, but just writing it because I wanted to write it and I wanted to to bring a voice to those experiences. Did they see the potential to author the book? So once I submitted my writing sample, they ended up going with my sample and writing the book was really insightful because I hadn't written on my blog in, in a while. So learning to almost amalgamate all of those thoughts into 365 days worth of reflections, quotes, affirmations was like watching my my blog almost manifest into a book, which is crazy. So mm. about the process. Yeah. Wow. That idea of like this opportunity coming to you. I feel like it's so well-deserved. 
Thank you. Thank you. You know, it takes a lot to live like your life out loud and intentionally. And I think that you're someone who does capture the eye of people because of how authentic you are on social media, which is like something that's really difficult to, to convey. One thing that I love though about the book, it explores monthly themes. So tell me about the theme for April. Yes, yes. April's actually funny because the timeline that I had to write the book was not like a full year. So it wasn't like I was in April writing about April. Mm. But I look back and it's so funny because now I'm sort of seeing how I need everything that's in that book right now. I need it as a Mm. reminder. I need it as a refresher. And that's the theme of April, refresh. Mm. So coming out of the first quarter of the year, I feel like everything is always so hustle and bustle. Like you, you come into the new year, it's January, everybody's focused on their goals. Everybody's like, this is what I want to get done. This is what I want to achieve for the year. And then life happens. And that's not necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. It's just, you're balancing so many different things, especially in that first quarter. And I feel like you don't always get a chance to refresh, to really give yourself an opportunity to have that space to try new things and do new things and especially we were talking before this we were in a little vibe but Mm. when you kind of shift into that fresh energy in your life you allow yourself to kind of give your life a little bit of a zhuzh a kind of a little bit of a cleanup sometimes and I think for April I personally find that I constantly need that I need that time to figure out what's working, what's not working, what can I do moving forward that's actually going to propel me further ahead. And April seems to be that time of regrowth, rebirth, sometimes death. And that's Mm. kind of all in the cycle of life. You kind of need Mm. things to die so that new things can be born so that you can bring in that new freshness, those seeds, so those seeds. So, Mm. yeah. It's true. I've been saying for the past like week, I feel like March and April is really like the new year. Like there's, there are cultures that celebrate uh, March as like their new year. And I think like, I always feel like this new regenerative, like regenerated sense of, of, of purpose. I think around springtime, you know, you come out the hermit mode um, from winter. I want to know like, what does living in black girl magic look like for you? I love this question because that answer has transformed so many times for me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what it should do. It means you're constantly embracing everything about who you are and who you are to your core at every point of your journey in this life. There will be times where, and this was kind of my lesson coming out of hermit mode is sometimes you do just need to be to yourself and and quiet and kind of have that space just for yourself but when it comes to living your black girl magic that means sharing it with people that means through doing it yourself you're also inspiring other people to live authentically and to be themselves no matter whether they're black white, it doesn't matter right Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like your gift to yourself that also gives to others. So people who love you want to see you live intentionally and authentically. And when you love yourself, you sort of just fall into the groove of doing that anyways, because it's comfortable to be you. It's so frustrating to constantly wear a mask and to be somebody that you're not. It's exhausting as a Black woman. And right. It's completely, it's on a different level of the different roles you have to play. And how many spaces do we have to do that in? Right. Exactly. And so now if you look at 
the space that you offer yourself, that is a space for you to authentically be you. And if you're not giving yourself that space, where else are you getting it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, that I feel that heavy. Um, for me, I feel like, you know, I know how, I know what I'm like and I know what I'm like when I'm at work. And then I know what I'm like when I'm not at work. And then I'm like, well, you know, if I'm in communications and media, what is the self that I get to put forward online? And I'm so inspired by people like you who just do it, you know, the way that you want to do it. Cause I'm like, you know what? Like there is no such thing as professional. Like I'm a black woman. I can do the job that I do, but I can also like be myself and live freely and post in a way that expresses like who I really am at my core. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think that's so interesting because I think black black women go through a lot of challenges and, you know, a, a lot of breakthroughs it takes a lot to get to the point sometimes where you see it as magic, like as black girl magic, right? Because I think a lot of times our worlds can make it seem like anything but that. Absolutely. I wonder what experience have shaped you into like this holistic queen that you are today. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I always think back to my childhood because One really big theme for this book is me talking to my younger self and saying, these are the things that I want you to have implanted in your mind so that when you grow, you you realize how important and how valuable it is. Mm. So as a young girl, I remember I had just moved to a new town. It was, it still sort of is predominantly white and sort of moving at such a time in my life where I was beginning to learn about myself. You know, I was, I think, nine at the time and shifting into, you know, double digits and preteens and you're discovering a new version of yourself at that time. And I am now thrown into this environment that is not what I'm used to. I used to live um, in Brampton, which is completely different. I'm from Brampton. Yes. I've lived in Toronto for a few years now, but big ups to Brampton. Yes, I'm right. I was right there. Well, I'm right. I always say Brampton. It was Malton. I'm right there. Okay. Which I'm like, you know, people know what the community is like in Brampton is very much Malton. And it was completely different because now I'm leaving that environment. I'm somewhere completely new and I'm, I'm learning all these new things and unlearning all of these things. And in an environment where people don't really know what it looks like to be black. They have no clue. We were one of maybe, my sister and I were one of maybe five black kids in the school. Mm. And so there was an opportunity to, to, to play shot put. And I was really excited about this. I was a track and field kid. I was like, let's, let's play shot put. And there was one girl who was known to be just fantastic at, at it in, um, at school. Mm-hmm. And her dad was coaching it. It was like, everyone's like, okay, it's for her. It's for her. And then I come in now. So I'm not just the new kid, I'm not <laughs> just a black girl, but I'm also good at shot put. And I, I ended up beating her. It was always, you know, it's school, it's a game. It's not like I'm looking at it so seriously, but I had always been athletic and I won and everybody hated me for it everybody was like why wouldn't you just let her win she has wow. always been meant for this this is what she does and I was just there and I'm like whoa so I've stepped on a grenade mm-hmm. and it was simply because I was being my best self and showing up as my best self and mm-hmm. I didn't ever experience showing up like that and having people hate me for it mm. 
And it was like the whole class shunned me. I ended up going on to provincials. They were like, we hope you lose. Well, there was no support. Well, you got some major haters. <laughs> and when I mean, wow. this is the first time I had really had haters. Wow, yeah. And I was like, this is such an interesting experience because I already don't fit in. And what I've done now is set myself even further apart from these students. And I'm supposed to be trying to become friends with you guys. And you don't even like me now. Like, what is mm. happening? So mm-hmm. I go on and I win. <clears throat> I win. Mm. And I was so excited about it because that was the moment I realized if I want to do it and I want to achieve it, it doesn't matter. There only needs to be one person who believes in me for me to achieve whatever it is I want to achieve. And it doesn't ever have to be about anybody else and their support. If I want to do it and I want to achieve it and I'm living in my black girl magic, and I am embracing everything about who I am. I can't lose. Right. And so it just taught me how important it is to really value yourself and have that trust and love for yourself because nobody else, if nobody else has it, you have it. And that's all you need. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think that's what I needed to hear today. Yes. Because I think, we often see like black girl, we don't really realize that how often we ask black women to play down their talents and to play small. For what? For what? For who? Right? Who does that serve? Who who benefits from black women playing small? And I think for so long, we have played that role, whether that's at work, whether that's culturally, whether that's, you know, our talents. And I think, I think we're at a point now where I'm seeing more Black women live on un, unapologetically yes, yes. <laughs> in their truth and letting their talents shine through and not caring who, yeah. who that affects and who, who gets upset. Because ultimately, if you're not doing anything to harm others, like, you know, what's going on there that we, that we expect black women to play smaller. I don't know. That is a, that is great. And I I love that you got that lesson from, you know, just your child. So did you always like, at what point did you, you know, you went on and you, and you won and you were like, that's it. I don't care. I'm going to do what I, you know, what I know is best for me, Mm. but did you always have that like instilled in you? Like, at what point did you say like, fuck y'all. Like, yeah, yeah, straight up. In my black girl magic and I'm going to do me. <laughs> I think that was truthfully the moment because mm-hmm. part of me is like, well, it's not like I can take back my win. Like, right. I'll watch me. So I'm not taking it back. And what is actually funny is once I went on to win, then the support came. Mm-hmm. Then they were like, oh, well, now you're representing our school name now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I watched it come full circle. So from doing the exact same thing the entire time, I never stopped being good at shot put. I never stopped putting my best foot forward. Mm. It, I realized people don't really know what they want. One. So first you hate me, then you love me. But <laughs> that was when I realized I was like, yeah, honestly, fuck y'all, because you're not going to sit here. You're never going to sit here and tell me to downplay it. And Ooh. once I just kept living authentically and of course when you grow up there come many times where you kind of pull that back in you're kind of like oh maybe I shouldn't be that maybe I should just retract a little bit keep to myself especially when you talk about being in professional spaces like as a black woman you're already marked unprofessional from the minute you walk in period 
you don't have to say a word for them to look at you and say she's unprofessional right so why not create my own definition of professional like y'all already telling me that me and my most authentic self is not that so I'm gonna make it what it is for me and who's gonna tell me no right I think that was really the moment I realized it doesn't matter what anybody has to say Mm, you're preaching right now. Like you're really <laughs> preaching right now. Just that reminder, like you telling that story from your childhood, like just that reminder, like, you know, whatever the situation is, like it does not benefit you to play small. Like it does yeah. not benefit you to hide mm. your talents. And I think that's something I'm also like learning. I'm yes. in that stage of just like living in my truth. Yeah. And it's so beneficial to have people around me. I think who are doing that and who, you know, don't shame you for it. I've seen on your Instagram, like you are constantly posting like journal prompts, right? For yes. your followers. And I'm sure it's something that you engage in with yourself as well. Tell me like a little bit about how journaling has helped you through this process of like really just like living in your truth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as an author, which is still so crazy to say, but as an author, mm-hmm. I had to remind myself that writing is writing it becomes really easy to make it this big thing where I'm like, okay, I'm writing on my blog, I'm writing on Instagram, I'm writing in my book, but again, where am I allowing myself space to write for me? Mm. A lot of the projects that I work on, of course, reflect how I feel and are very raw and authentic. And that's one thing that I really appreciate appreciate about the work that I do. But one thing about journaling that I think really transformed transformed how I think about myself was not being so strict about how I write so I find that a lot of people when they journal they're like oh well I guess I shouldn't write that because that doesn't sound good or that's not nice or that's but who cares Mm -hmm. journaling can really be anything if it's one sentence that you write that is just you being able to be vulnerable and open and authentic to yourself then that's the point, that's the purpose of that, of that sentence or of you journaling and having that space. I think that's one side of it is just being authentic when I'm writing. I, I think a lot of people, um, there's this practice that I, call, I use called a stream of consciousness where I'm just writing. I don't even worry about punctuation. I don't worry about if the spelling is there, if the writing is messy, it's, it's just there. And that's all that it needs to be. And that's been probably the most relieving way to write for me because it can be so easy to focus in on the really specific particular pretty parts of it but writing doesn't have to be that it can just it can be you giving yourself a free space to journal I think also it's helped me a lot in discovering things about myself it's like having a conversation with yourself on paper Mm-hmm. I find having conversations with myself, I talk a lot. So having a conversation with myself in my mind sometimes can be like a lot of <laughs> what's happening. But when you get it on paper, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to read it back even or reflect on things that you wrote in the past and think to yourself, wow, okay, so that's where I was at that point in time in my life. Where am I now? It's a chance to look at your growth. It's a chance to you know, really have that conversation with yourself time and time again. I find it to just be another way to open up, right? And that's what a lot of what I share online holistically is, is here's another way that I can open up to myself and be authentic by 
exercising by taking that time and, and looking after my body or eating healthy or writing to myself. Mm-hmm. I even write letters to myself sometimes just because mm-hmm. it's like, how can I, how can I find another way to talk to myself? Mm-hmm. That isn't texting, that isn't Instagram, that isn't, because I think social media is also very loud sometimes. Mm-hmm. It can be very loud. So mm-hmm. again, pulling away and giving yourself a chance to be authentically you again. Is there a prompt that changed the way that you think about yourself and what mm-hmm. it means to be a Black woman? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think a journal prompt that I used that helped me open up to myself even more was where don't I show up for myself? And that was interesting for me because showing up for yourself is really hard. (laughs) It's really hard. I think it's so easy to show up for other people especially as an empath, sometimes I'm like, let me be there for you. How can I help you? But asking myself, or where can I show up for myself more? Mm -hmm. And I ask myself that often because you go throughout life and things change, your schedule changes, you meet new people, you have new experiences. But when you're constantly asking yourself, how can I show up for myself? It gives you an opportunity to really look at your life, look at yourself and think, where am I lacking? Where can I be there for me? I think it's easy to look for other people to be there for you in ways Mm -hmm. that you can, the ways that you can and need to be there for yourself. Because what matters most is how much you can be there for you. How much do you love you, right? Mm -hmm. And journaling about that and coming back to that prompt, it's a very simple one, but it's a very effective one for me just because it's giving me the chance to evaluate and take a moment, you know, what's everything looking like in this whirlwind of time and this time where everything is happening and nothing is happening. And so much is, it's all over the place, right? COVID really did shift time in a sense where it's hard to make sense of it in the same way that we did before. Mm -hmm. But when you can take those moments and ask yourself, you know, how can I show up for myself more? How can I be there for myself more? How can I give myself more grace? How can I give myself more space? How can I do all of these things for me? Because I am likely not doing it. And it shows up in so many different ways. If I'm not spending time with myself, it's going to show up somewhere. Mm. If I'm not giving myself grace when I'm going through a rough time, it's going to show up somewhere. And it does show up. It will always show up. Mm -hmm. No, I feel that heavily. You're like, why am I so frustrated, <laughs> mad at the world, mad yeah. at the people around me? And you sit there and you reflect and you're like, am I mad, you know, that this is happening or am I upset at the way that I've handled this for myself in the, in the time that I've given myself to process this? You know, there's so many times have I personally like pointed the finger at others, like, you know, even like, let's say dating. <laughs> and it's like, you're not, spending enough time or I need this and it's like do you need that person to give it to you or are you missing that from yourself you know and I think only only time and growth will get you to that point and so you know you are just so self-aware but you 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 put in the work I think to really like live a high quality of life for yourself and I think like some people you know have their own definition of what a high quality life may look like but I think you know checking in, taking care of your body, 
resting, all of those things build a high quality life. One thing that I love though, of that I've seen you, you post about quite frequently is your morning routines. Hey, <laughs> like you, you know, you stretching, yeah. um, you know, yoga in the morning, getting up and eating some fruit. Um, what about a morning routine has really helped set the tone for you at a time when like nothing is really normal? <laughs> yes. I think that puts it perfectly is nothing is normal right now. There is no consistency. Things are changing all of the time. And it always is coming back to self. I know I might sound like a broken record, but it really is that because when you wake up in the mornings, I used to just jump up, you know, brush my teeth, wash my face. And now it's time to get work done because Mm -hmm. like everybody else, you know, there's work to be done. There's an ongoing to-do list, a never ending to-do list Mm -hmm. and slowing down and giving myself that space in the morning just to have a morning routine is like giving myself the chance to actually start my day. So instead of, okay, now I'm jumping into work, now I'm jumping into emails and all of these different things and juggling day-to-day life, what if you could set aside that time to just actually wake up? Like, good morning. I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. I'm grateful that I'm here breathing this morning because there are people who didn't wake up. Like, let's start there with gratitude. And then for me, yoga and the stretches in the morning, for me personally, I have always battled valuing my body in a sense that wasn't attached to what it looks like. Mm -hmm. It's always a matter of, oh, well, I look like this. So my body is now important. Like now I should take care of it. Like I think the way that social media especially places it, which is largely why I try so hard to make sure that I'm putting these images and this content online because there's largely a value attached to people's bodies based on what it looks like. And I think as a black woman, number one, no, the black body is always policed. It is always, always policed as a black woman, especially So giving myself that time to take care of my body by eating properly and by exercising or stretching and taking time with myself is a way of reclaiming my body in a way that I don't think a lot of Black women especially realize. Mm -hmm. It's, we're constantly commodified. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) why is it always this cycle of, you know, I'm trying to get the latest body, I'm trying to look like that versus let me take care of the beautiful body that I have. It's here and I have it. Therefore, it is a valuable and important body, Mm -hmm. right? No matter what it looks like. Right, exactly. No, I see. And that's a hard realization to come to when everything is telling you, especially as Black women, that, you know, your body needs to look like this and it needs to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you're in this age range, yes. <laughs> you better show up as this thing. And, you know, we aren't all the same. Our bodies are not all the same. We, our bodies can't all do the same things. And I think for me specifically, like I have really been focused on less about what my body looks like more what it feels like yes and more what it's like also able to do like my body can get me through 
a, an hour workout. I'm like, I don't care if the little, you know, the little flab's still going on. I did that. Like, exactly. I did that. You know, exactly. and that I'm grateful that my body can still do that. Also, just having a gratitude for your body. How many times have I looked at pictures of myself, you know, from the past yeah. where I thought at the time, like I can remember how I thought at the time. And at the time I was like, oh, I need to work out more. I need to be a bit more fit. I need to tone it up. And I'm looking back like, girl, you had it all back then. <laughs> what, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, yeah. and you appreciate the body you have now. You know, and it's a journey like mm. your body's gonna change. You're not gonna be so many women. I hear them. They're like, "Oh, I don't look like. I wish I could look like how I looked at that picture." I'm like, "Ma'am, you were 16, it, right? <laughs> in 10 years, like you didn't go through puberty, yet, right? Exactly. And our bodies change once we hit. I think it's about like 25 or 26. Like your body yeah. goes through its like second puberty. We as women, once we get to like, I think also like just our later 20s, like we are fighting ourselves. Like, why can't it do the things that it could do when I was 19? And that's not realistic. It's not, it's not. But look at what it can do now. Exactly. So grateful for that because it's, it's very easy. I think as women also, I mean, we're constantly objectified as women. So it's Mm. not easy to think about yourself outside of that. And I mean, that's, that's a big conversation to have. So I, I won't open up that huge can of worms. No, it's but true though. Say, mm-hmm. you know, value, value your body for more than what it looks like. Value it for more than what a guy or a girl thinks about what you look like or what somebody thinks about what you look like, because it doesn't matter, right? If you're taking care of your body, that manifests in so many different ways too. The same way we were saying, when you're not taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. it'll show up. But when you are taking care of yourself, just through doing those things, getting your rest, making sure that you're making space for yourself, moving your body, feeding your body, you know, nourishing yourself, your mind, it will manifest in so many ways. Like one way, for example, where you're going to the gym and you're not thinking about what your arms look like and you're lifting weights, you're carrying groceries from your car to your front door and you're like, oh, one trip. I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to get all my groceries to the front door in one trip. <laughs> that that was a great example because the amount of times before I used to go to the gym that I would walk home with my groceries struggling. And I'll never forget the day that I walked the entire 10 minute walk home with like four bags. And I was yeah. like, hold on. There was a point in time, not that long ago where I couldn't do this walk without yeah. stopping or being like, well, TTC's right there. Let me just jump, right. on, <laughs> jump on the street right. car real quick for one stop. Like, right. Right. Exactly. So it's true, right? Like your day-to-day activities change and get easier. Um, wow. I, I also think just this mindset, like you have to surround yourself with like a circle of people that are also very like-minded and see the world in themselves in a very similar and positive way. So for you, like, what, how, how beneficial has it been to like really be mindful of the people around you and, and the conversations you're having and the things that you're also feeding yourself like mentally, spiritually? That's a great question. I think about, I know the word diet can be very triggering. So let me give a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm not talking about diet as in salads once a day and caloric deficit. We're not talking about that type of thing, but <laughs> right. we're talking about what you're feeding yourself 
each and every day. And that largely includes who you're around, who is your circle, who are the people who are supporting you. For me, I've always kept very close to my family, like my mom, my grandmother, and my sister always have been the closest to me, evidently Black women. And for me, that has been sort of like a bond of sisterhood that I've carried out throughout my life. And for me, making sure that I continue that sisterhood, which is still largely online, like I still think about my followers as a sisterhood. It's mainly Black women. And that is, for me, very exciting (laughs) just to be able to have that. But when it comes to creating that circle, it really needs to be people who love you in your most authentic form and really support and uphold that. Because when you're not surrounded by it, of course, your own support for yourself matters most. But when you have people who are riding for you, when you have people who are really just They want to see you win. They're there supporting you throughout every step, even when things aren't so fun and rainbows and and exciting. Like there will be times where it's really, really tough. Mm -hmm. And that support group, if you take the time to really, one, figure out what you need from these people. Like if you're the type of person who needs to have a friendship where you're constantly there for each other, you're showing up for each other, which I think everybody's friendship should include showing up for one another. But just being able to surround yourself with people who are really there for you and will always be there for you. They're a shoulder to cry on when you need it. They're there to support you when you need it. And vice versa. You're showing up for them when they need it. You're their shoulder to cry on when they need it. It becomes this reciprocal relationship that's just so beautiful because you're both watching each other grow or both in a sense of, you know, you and whoever your community is. But you're watching each other grow and you're supporting that growth. And it just, you get so much further when you have community. I think people are so, especially now COVID, I mean, kind of made everybody go a little bit into hermit mode and you're like, well, I can do it all on my own, but you're not supposed to in this life. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to connect with other people through being authentically you, because what better relationship is it than to be around somebody who lets you be you. You don't have to fit into an image. You don't have to be on stage all the time. Right. But it takes time to find that community and it takes a lot of inner work because you also want to be that for them. It's not just a one-way road. And I think being able to offer and receive is a huge part of building community is you do have to show up for them too. But when you show up for yourself, you inevitably show up for others. You want to be able to share yourself with others. You want to share that love and goodness and joy and happiness. And it's, it's infectious. <laughs> Everybody sees you do it and they're doing it too. And it's just, it's a beautiful cycle to me to be able to have that community and to build it and to grow it and to participate in it because it's the, the love that it gives you is priceless. I love that. And I love that you have over time built that community and you've, it's, it's allowed you to meet people who you probably otherwise wouldn't have met if you weren't out there living your like authentic, like authentically. And I think that's also one of the benefits of being yourself in all spaces online. You don't even realize that you're also putting yourself out there for others who are like, like like-minded individuals to connect in a way that 
you never know. Like you and I, we've connected exactly. and now look at this. Um, one thing that you are really open about on social is also just like your lock journey. I think women, our hair is such a personal journey and you're out there just being like, this is my journey, y'all. Come along with me. And I love it. Um, but the thing about locking your hair, it takes a lot of patience through the journey because it's not like box braids. We throw them yes. in, take them out. Like you commit. What yeah. have you learned about yourself through that journey? Oh, that's such a gorgeous question. Thank you for asking that. Mm-hmm. It's, I think I learned actually how to commit to myself through that process. So when I first got locks, for those of you who maybe didn't, haven't seen what it's like on Instagram, it was very different than what my hair looks like now. And walking out of the salon the first time I, I started locks with like mini braids, I looked at myself like, there is no way, like, how am I going to keep these in? How am I going to keep these in? It doesn't look how I want it to look. My hair isn't where I want it to be. I, I just had all of these ideas of how I wanted my journey to go. I knew how I wanted it to go and it did not go that way. And that was through me learning to commit to myself and trust the process. Like you made this commitment to yourself to get locks and it's for a reason. Let yourself discover the journey instead of giving yourself an agenda to follow what it's supposed to look like. And it really forced me to let go of one, what I was supposed to look like with air quotes, because when I started locks, a lot of people were like, why are you starting locks? Your hair is gorgeous. You should just leave it the way that it is. Your hair is Mm -hmm. full, especially black people were telling me not to start locks. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because it's easy to listen to what other people have to say. But once I got overthinking what other people thought about me, because what they have to think about me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. I realized it is 1000% about me, myself, and I going through this journey and learning about myself mm-hmm. and finding out more about myself. I learned that through having locks, one, I'm not so attached to my hair looking a specific way. And I, for Black women, that is very difficult. I, once one of these I was changing my hair all of the time because well I have an interview so I have to make sure my hair is straight or I have to fit into this or I have to fit into that my hair can't possibly be natural and just starting ebony curls like my blog was one way of me learning to commit to myself before getting locks because Mm -hmm. I committed to having natural hair and that's difficult enough for black women Mm -hmm. and getting locks now is sort of like another level because now your hair stays that way like I know people talk about unpicking their locks that's not really my plan but Mm -hmm. having it just be that permanent of a style means I'm committed to having my hair look however it looks grows however it grows and accepting that simply because it's me and that's what it is and it's also very much me unlearning Eurocentric beauty standards as well Mm. that has been difficult because Mm. when my hair was natural I still felt like I had to constantly have every single hair in place I would do one two braids and I would make sure I would check the bathroom the bathroom mirror so many times to make sure I didn't have one curl that was just sticking up (laughs) or one piece of hair that was out of place because Mm -hmm. it's me keeping up this image of 
you know, when the white girls are doing it, their hair looks like this. And ultimately I'm trying to make sure that my hair can get as close to that without realizing that that's what I'm doing. Because it's Mm -hmm. this, it's almost like it's invisible because you spend your whole life trying to make sure that your hair fits into whatever image it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. So Mary Locks was like, well, you can't slick your hair back the same way anymore. Now you're not, you're not quite getting the same hairstyles that you could do before. And it's been the greatest journey though, because Mm. unlearning that has been freeing. Mm. Getting rid of that mindset has allowed me to accept what I really do look like and be like, oh, actually, I think that that's beautiful. It doesn't really matter if society is telling me that it's not. It's so crazy how for Black women, depending on how we wear our hair really does impact how we feel in this world. But then also like that idea of feeling free, right? And and what makes you feel free and how when you are in your most natural state, you feel free because you have all of these things basically telling you to not be yourself. Yeah. So I love watching your journey and I, I can't wait to keep seeing all the cute looks you do. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> great. Um, you are heavily connected to community. So I'm going to name an industry. And if you want to shout out a black woman mm-hmm. doing her thing, mm-hmm. let's let's get some shout outs going. Okay, let's talk about sports. Okay. <laughs> Let me start off with saying. I just heard this in the news recently. Her name is Erin Jackson. Okay. She is a speed skater and roller derby, which is super cool. Black girl. And she is the first black woman to win a gold medal in the Winter Olympics in an individual sport. Wow. And okay. I, the fact that it's speed skating, like, Black people do so much. We are so many things. And I think the fact that speed skating, that she can just go and kill that is so inspirational. I I think especially like, because we didn't grow up in cold, like we're in Canada, but our roots are not these cold places. No, (laughs) yes. I had to shout out one time. Love that. Okay, music. Music, I have have three. Ooh, okay. I have three. One is my girl Chantel Soleil. So she's killing her music is beautiful, absolutely beautiful voice. She is also from Toronto. Actually, all three are from Toronto. Nice. Uh, my next is Omega Mighty and Javia Mighty. They are sisters. They are killing the game. I love watching them. They're just all of them are such talented black women. I I can't sing for my life. So <laughs> music, I will always be here to shout out somebody who has a voice because I do not. <laughs> yes, art. Art. Okay, I recently found this artist. She is based in Montreal. Fantastic artist. Her name is Kesna Dows. So she actually just did a collaboration with Little Burgundy, which is really cool. And they did like a tote bag. Um, Her art is focused in on self-care, black women, sisterhood, all of the lovely things. And with the tote bags, I think for sales, they're giving 100% of the profits to um, a charity based around indigenous women, indigenous Mm. women's shelter. So like- That's amazing. And media. Media, I have to shout out my girl, Nana Eggman, I think is how you pronounce her last name. 
Ageman, she is the founder of Every Stylish Girl. Mm. And she, so she's also, she was the editor in chief of The Cut or an editor of The Cut, which was a, an online platform I really loved. But she's just been doing her thing. Like she offers these amazing women's empowerment events. And it's all about self-care, black women coming into themselves, living authentically. And she's just, I really admire her work. Honestly, it's fantastic to see Black women doing the damn thing. Always. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I love those shout outs. I think that the, the way that the world sees and treats Black women is forever changing. Um, and I wonder what you envision Black women and girls, what do you envision they get to experience years from now? Ooh. I envision far more spaces for Black women to share stories. I think one thing in our community that we do so beautifully is share stories, even just through walking past each other on the street. Like you look at another Black girl, you're like, mm -hmm, and she's like, mm -hmm, and you know you're just sharing that energy. And I want more of that. I want Black women to fall more into really bringing that space everywhere that they go, not just having it be, you know, when Black women are together, but just bringing that magic everywhere and sharing it everywhere. And I want even more Black women to live un unapologetically, authentically, being them best their best selves, because it's it is really like a domino effect. You do it and then more Black women do it and more Black women do it. And the more that we see that, the more community is built, the more we, I think, get the chance to really live in a world that doesn't seem so bleak when it comes to being a Black woman in mm. the media industry, in academia, in all of the industries that always look at us as though we aren't accomplishing and achieving so much education, music, everything. I think mm -hmm. I envision far more for Black women just being themselves. I want to see Black women do nothing and mm -hmm. be at the top of that because I want to see them win. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you go on to, for example, mm -hmm. and this is, a, this is a trend that I hope continues because I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the only one here scrolling on TikTok like that. I cannot be the only one. You're not I the only one, girl. <laughs> You're not the only one. There's this sound that is more and more black women are doing it and they're like this is me being a black woman doing nothing i'm doing the bare minimum and you're gonna like and follow and i find that it's so easy for other women to do it because of course you know the way that the social media works black women are constantly put on the back burner but if we can show up and do nothing the same way that all of these other women show up and do nothing and get sky high views, sky high likes, big paychecks, because that's the reality of it is then they're getting paid from TikTok. Mm -hmm. I want to see Black women do the same. Mm -hmm. Just be you, whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. and win at it, because being you is always a win. Mm -hmm. I just envision that like widespread space of just, it doesn't always have to just be here or there. It's everywhere. I just think I think we really can get to a space of that, but it has to be through loving ourselves more and choosing to be that more. And really just hearing you speak has just reaffirmed that I need to continue to live in my truth 
and put my talents out there and rest. I, I think that anyone who listens to this episode is going to walk away with a renewed sense of dedication to themselves because ultimately when you take that time for yourself, you can reintegrate back into the world um, a better person. Uh, and I think that's really what we all need to do at this time. Yeah. Take care of ourselves, take some time for ourselves so we can come back better. Because I think, you know, mental health is a big issue in the Black community with Black women specifically. And I want to see more Black women taking care of themselves so they can come back and they can do better and they can, you know, kill whatever industry they're in um, or just be really you know like you don't even always have to be doing the damn thing like you can just exist and and be okay in that yeah so um i loved having you on the show thank you so much i'm so glad we had this conversation i really hope that folks do take away some positivity from it because we did A big thank you to Ebony Morgan for joining the show. You guys go follow her on Instagram at Ebony Curls blog. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Future People Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Imani Walker Imani with two A's. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode Monday at 7 p.m. Take care.